guys, I want to switch it up uh, for my shout out to HostGator. Um, don't want you to have to listen to the same ad every single time I uh, put out a podcast episode. So now I've decided that HostGator, while it sounds like it might be a really bad sci-fi horror film, HostGator, uh, starring like Ricardo Montalban and Paula Abdul, again... No, that is not what HostGator is. HostGator, in fact, is the best place to get a website. They offer premium web hosting, low costs. .net's the best way to get a killer domain name uh, that's not 180 characters. Uh, I can let you know that HostGator, again, not a horror film, not a horror film, in fact, offers uh, 24-7 phone chat and email support because I think we all know that many of us do our best work. in the middle of the night on no sleep. When all of our friends are asleep, we feel completely lonely and we decide it's the best time to work on our website. Uh, Only good things can come of that. Just know that HostGator is there for you. Uh, I also want to remind you that they can move your site if you have a pre-existing one. Uh, All you need to do is go to HostGator.com, buy some hosting, get some .NETs, use coupon code JVCLUB to get an extra 30% off. Support my show. Uh, T-shirts are in production. And um, again, I just want to reiterate, as much as you might want to watch HostGator right after you finish watching Sharktopus or whatever it is that uh, sci-fi is turning out these days, the only place you're going to get HostGator is online. So check it out, guys. And uh, thanks for listening. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 81 of the JV Club with my dear friend and guest, Christine Woods. Christine can be seen starring on the new HBO series, Hello, Ladies, uh, with Stephen Merchant. Such a funny, great show. Um, so excited for her and uh, so excited to see uh, the rest of the, the season of that show. I'm a huge fan of uh, Stephen Merchant and I am a huge fan of Christine. So very, very happy to have her on the podcast. I want to get into some shout outs in just a moment, but I did want to acknowledge quickly once again that we do have the upcoming DC, uh, Washington DC based Benson Ball curated by Tignataro. We will be doing a theme park show on Saturday, October 11th question mark definitely that saturday get real confused about uh whether it's the maybe you know what it might be the 10th might be the 10th guys might be the 10th um yeah it is and then on uh saturday morning I know I mentioned in a previous episode that I was going to be doing some work in New York. Well, now I can announce proudly that I will be participating in the Legend of Korra panel at New York Comic Con. So that is what that is. I'll be taking a train to D.C. following that panel. And uh, it's going to be a busy day, but I'm very excited to be there and hopefully meet some fans that I have not met at prior conventions. So excited about that. Uh, Also very excited about the wonderful feedback that I got from the Kate Micucci episode. What a fun one that was, huh? guys. Um, I want to thank for their emails, Tammy and Jessica on Facebook. I want to thank Mike, Amanda, Christian, and Zach. I want to thank on Nerdist, Harvey, Troy, Gary, Beavis, Jackie, David H, PJ. I love you back, PJ. Guano Lad, Michelle, Alec, Bob, Edward, Sheldon, Abbott Crap. Uh, first of all, thank you for forcing me to say Abbott Crap, but I uh, also wanted to just tell you really quickly, I know that you asked about the book that I called out on the um, Kate Micucci episode. It's called Tenissima, Tenissima, T-I-N-I-S-I-M-A, and uh, it is about Tina Madotti. I also want to thank Molly in particular for posting Eminem's mom's spaghetti video and uh, and Paul as well on Nerdist. And then on Twitter, I want to thank Steve K. I want to thank Oui, Jérôme, c'est moi. I want to thank Roel. I want to thank The Guy Was Right, Ken, and Joanna, and King Andrew the First. 
your majesty uh that's it for shout outs guys uh i hope you enjoy this episode with christine and um i look forward to talking to you soon bye now entering nerdist.com This is one of those classic podcast beginnings where uh, my guest Christine and I have already spent an hour talking. We did. We talked about a lot of stuff that I got to tell you right now, frankly, guys, you really missed out. <laughs> I don't want to start a podcast by making you feel like you missed out on something privileged, but um, <laughs> but it, you did. It, it, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> we did. But I just want to call it like I see it. Uh, I'm excited that you picked the JV Club mug that um, uh, one of my listeners, Adriana, made for me. This is the an official uh, it's listener. A, it's mug? official listener mug. Oh, I didn't even see that part. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's pretty so cute. adorable for your leaky coffee. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm getting right down into... Um, now I'm just getting into... It's funny because we've been talking about a lot of spiritual and emotional stuff and now I'm really grounding us in the reality of the coffee mug, mm-hmm. the, co- the Bring it back coffee, to the room. The, um, the savory, which uh, you were eating a delicious thing. For, was it, That was from Baby Cakes? No, this is not from Baby okay. Cakes. This is from an amazing I didn't even place. I see what you were eating because I was so preoccupied it, with it's our a, conversation. It was so good. I've been was cleansing it? for three weeks. I know three weeks. three weeks. Well, but I but I've been eating a lot, so yeah. it's like it's a cleanse, and I'm, I was taking a bunch of supplements and crap like that. But I was eating like three meals a day, so like I was eating plenty. But okay, I'm just really healthy. The microphone is close enough. I think you can hold it closer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. How's this? Yeah, it's great. Okay, great, great. But anyway, it was just a. It's like a pastry, like a muffin, but with like roasted vegetables. Oh yeah. Was there so any cheese good. in it? Was it there was like gobs of cream cheese ah! in there. Oh, cream cheese. Cream cheese, yeah. Where did you get it? This place called Food and Coffee. Just like Food so, Plus Sign Coffee okay. right by Larchmont. They by got Baby real cakes. specific. Yeah, so good. So um, delicious. I, th- I like that they went like, what's the word I'm looking for? Utilitarian with their with their description. Yeah, the very, very pared down. This is what you get. Yeah, food yeah, plus food coffee. coffee. And also amazing desserts. But it's also, mis- oh. it's like you walk past and you're like, oh, well, that seems kind of boring. But you go inside and the food's amazing. So I don't know if they're doing themselves a disservice <laughs> by like false advertising yeah. how bad they are. I mean, at least <laughs> do it the other yeah. way. I uh, I feel like I haven't been giving Larchmont its due. I love There's been Larchmont. a lot going on down there that I don't get. I used to go... Guys, I know you love this inside LA stuff. There's so much to be enjoyed about this neighborhood bullshit. It's the best. Um, Larchmont Village, for those of you who don't know, is a lovely little pocket in very central Los Angeles that is kind of uh, folksy. Like, yeah. there's it's folksy, so there's like little stationery stores and little trinket stores, but it's also very up and coming in terms of like it is the place that you'll find like a great coffee place and like a hipster clothing boutique as well. Yeah. But it's also like one strip, it's just one little. So you- and park and then just go to like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Correct. And buy some Pop like really expensive store, lotion the at the beauty supply place that and I will drive right, across yeah. town to go to. Yeah. And large yeah, amount wine and cheese, the best store. sandwiches in Los Angeles. Are they? Have you not had a large amount wine and cheese sandwich? Can I? Because these aren't the best sandwiches. Oh, yeah, you can. You're allergic um, to that. But I didn't know there are baby, that baby cakes baby had moved cakes? in. Mm hmm. 
I didn't know about Food Plus Coffee. Food Plus Coffee is phenomenal. And then there's Cafe Gratitude, which I don't know if I've brought up on the podcast before, but Cafe Gratitude is sort of not in not a part of that right. uh, strip. It's way further up at Larchmont and Melrose. And it, it is originates from San Francisco and has a menu. Mm. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. A lot but it's of kimchi. Very, yes, a lot of kimchi, <laughs> too much garlic because there's a lot of raw food and people like to do garlic. raw garlicky yeah. stuff. But it is uh, super hippy-dippy. Yeah, um, but don't make a mistake on the menu though. Like don't accidentally yeah. get the thing that gives you diarrhea for two Which days. Which you <laughs> probably will unless you're with someone experienced. You yeah. really need a, you need a spirit like a guide. guide. <laughs> <laughs> you need a spirit guide. You really do. You do. You do because you need that person who's going to say, "Oh no, 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 no! I've tried mm-hmm. it all. Do not get that." That and that, you need the that. person to be like, "It's going to be okay." You're when you be- like have a stomach ache and you're like. That's health. Yeah. That's just good health. Yeah. That's your intestines not knowing how to process all that kale. And the menu on top of that is. Um, you know, it's like uh, they, it's adjectives and all of it is like, mm. I am healthy. I am loving. I yeah. am forgiving. I don't know what you'd be forgiving about. I am about, dazzling. Like, I am dazzling. I am yeah. sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single adjective that you can imagine that is like a positive attribute, they have named it many item after. So when they ask you what you want to order, you have to say, um, I'll have, I am fulfilled. Yeah. And you can't be like the Caesar salad because no. then they're like the what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they make you, and then say your guy it. has to nudge you. Yeah, and, and then like they have the it. the question of the day. They do have the question of the day. Just like, what are you grateful for? Yeah, or like, what brings you joy in your life? And then you're like, am I telling you, perfect stranger, or yeah. are we Is discussing this to this think at the about? Table? And then and they're like, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> Um, I love LA. I, I know, but it, and it, it originates from San Francisco, which is even right. more like that, right. like Berkeley sort of. And yeah, I remember like when we they think said they were coming clean. to LA. I was like, food, was, but yeah. they're like times a million. Yeah, uh, I apologize for my allergenic uh, sniffling. Uh, it's a bit, it's pretty nasal. It's I'm a little worried season. that it's, I have to record a cartoon pretty soon, and I'm a little worried it's going to be like, hey, everybody. Yeah, so we'll see. We're hoping for the best. You know what I'm taking is Mucinex. Have you ever taken that? Doesn't is that just that makes all the stuff come out? Yeah. Okay. I guess a lot of someone said you have to take this because it's what like singers and voiceover people take to just try to, to get just everything make it out, come out of you. Yeah, and that's all it is. It doesn't have any like weird sort of non-drowsy. It's just an expectorant. It's, it's an expectorant. Mm-hmm. It's an expectorant. I'm smart. And this podcast is also an expectorant mm-hmm. of emotion Let's and do humor. It. Um. So here's what I want to, I think we'll probably end up jettisoning into more kind of cerebral stuff uh, by virtue of who we both are mm. and our friendship. <laughs> but um, but I actually don't think I know uh, where you grew up. Like, I don't know where you were a teenager. Or if I do, I've forgotten. I grew up down in South Orange County. Yeah, I did. Behind I I the that. orange curtain. Behind the orange curtain, yeah. I survived. Yeah. Um, you, and you were the opposite of as everyone around. People, whatever someone's expectation is yeah. of Orange County. Well, I mean, Orange County is gigantic. It's yeah. really, it's not just gated communities. Like, it's it's Anaheim. And you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's totally middle class. And there's like a great, there's a whole like... Vietnamese community, oh, like a town yeah. that's yeah, just it's in Orange very County, ethnically, yeah. culturally diverse because yeah. it's huge. I mean, it's like Los Angeles. There's so many different neighborhoods, and you know, 
um, places that you can grow up in Orange County. But I grew up in just like very cookie cutter, suburban, every house looked the same on top of a hill. Um, like I think that my parents, I think they bought the house wh- while it was being built. So it was yep. like the, like one little community in Orange County. Like it was basically like utopian. Like my parents both were from Oakland. Mm-hmm. So they were like, you know what? We're going to go down to Southern California. We're going to have this amazing, rich experience for our kids. They're going to be safe. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. But I think that what, what they ended up with was like a lot of debt. <laughs> of uh-huh. Just how expensive it was to yeah. raise a family down there. Yeah. But what did your parents do for a living? My mom was a dental hygienist, mm-hmm. recently retired, and my dad still works. He's he works for like a lumber company. Very typical like mm-hmm. Orange County suburban mm-hmm. kind of like commuter parents mm-hmm. type thing. Um but yeah, Orange County was was it was an interesting place to grow up just because Disneyland was right there. So we would always get like Disneyland passes for the summer and oh, go like every day. And but it was just a lot of coffee beans, a lot of like drive through jack in the box like yeah. there was not a lot of fun like restaurants culture you, yeah you couldn't that do that stuff we, we would go to like dance it. clubs uh-huh. like 18 and over dance clubs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's this one called kokomo's <laughs> it was so <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah there was not much what not much kind of on. music was kokomo's playing like oh 40? like house music okay like weird not good house music okay. and i love me some house music but just like the kind that's poor yeah not not good i'm trying to think if i like house music i would say in general i do not maybe i mean i feel like i like it if if it serves a purpose yeah like i don't i'm not sitting at home like ooh. but if i like really have to clean the inside of my shower like i listen to house music okay (laughs) see see, even still for me cleaning the inside of my shower the chances are i'm gonna be like i gotta get some old billy joel on to clean the shower Billy Joel is really good clean your house I music. Mean, well, it's very good sing along music. There's yeah. no question about that. And if you're going to be is. in your bathroom, chances are the acoustics are pretty good. Yeah, so that might put be your big chance. Billy. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, whereas house music, I, I feel like in general, I'm drawn to music I can sing along to, and I don't know that house music is that music. No, it's not. But that's also like, it's interesting because growing up in Orange County. There was a lot of like rave culture mm-hmm. and so we listened to like a lot of house music and like drum and bass and like all this like weird weird music that I would not touch with a you know a pole today yeah. but it was like the culture down there was very much like escape yeah. like escape your house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we would like listen to a lot of like weird ravey house music and like go to dance clubs and like drive out to the desert to, like, and would go you to go to raves? raves i mean i think i went to like two yeah. and i was kind of like this is bad like look <laughs> at me i'm like breaking the rules because i'm driving yeah. into los angeles with a friend and like staying up till three but yeah i mean it happened like twice but orange county had a big like parents wouldn't be home scene, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like we would like house party mm-hmm. and do all this weird stuff, but we would stay like in our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I did a, a good amount of that too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody's some somebody's parents are out of town. And I did that to my dad. I've said this on the podcast before, but like I, I let people that I didn't know very well, like stay at my house and stuff. And luckily they were good kids. But, but looking back, know. I'm like, God, they totally could have robbed us blind. What oh, an yeah. asshole move of me. Totally. Your poor parents, boy, they really just like 
they really put a lot of trust in their children when as teenagers, many of us are just not in the space where we're being thoughtful in any way, shape or form about our parents. I feel like my parents trusted me way too much. I had a boyfriend in high school. It was like my first love. I was crazy about him and he would like spend the fucking night at my house. And did they know about it? Yeah. Oh, they did. So they were like, we'd rather have him here when we can supervise it. Or how about like, no, he can't spend the night (laughs) and no, you can't leave. Yeah. Like just stay, just be a normal kid. But I just, I, I feel like there was something, you know, having two parents that are from like Northern California, from Oakland, where they like did a lot of stuff. It's like they, they probably felt bad that after, you know, having a teenager kind of isolated yeah. in this kind of suburban, boring place. Yeah. So I think they wanted to give me a sense of independence yeah. that I, I just couldn't have because I, I didn't live in a city. And so you're an only child. No, I have a big okay. brother. Okay. Yeah, he's like three years older than me. Okay. He's a paramedic in Redding, California. Fantastic. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's getting married in May. Listen to that. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, the way that you're describing it, I feel like I knew the other brother, but then mm-hmm. everything you just said, I was like, oh, I guess she. Yeah. Was we were, child. we were very, but that's the thing. I think another Orange County, it lends itself to being on like 20 sports teams and like, do you know, creating these activities that you need in order to have, you know, energy and steam blown off a little yeah. bit. So we would like eat dinner together, but then we would have like five practices and like yeah. this and that and rehearsal. And what did you, what, what were your extracurriculars? Um, I played volleyball for mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and I just was, you know, in all the like drama clubs and stuff and just singing and just like weird dance competitions. I mean, I was such a busy child, such a busy child that I think that's my excuse for why I can be pretty lazy sometimes. Uh huh. Because I'm just like, I did it all. No kidding. I've seen it all. I've just, yeah. <laughs> just want to sit on the couch. I've been around that volleyball bend. Yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah, I was not that busy. I spent a lot of time just riding around on my bike doing nothing. I oh. just wasn't involved in stuff like that so much. I mean, I did a lot of like, I mean, I did a lot of theater stuff, but mm-hmm. but I never was on a sports team, so I never had practice like that. But um, you probably like read. I did. I spent a ton of time, yeah, reading, but also I'm sure watching way too much television and stuff. Yeah. Um, Volleyball. Mm Mm-hmm. I played beach beach volleyball for years. Do you still like playing volleyball? That does seem very Orange County. It's very Orange County. Orange County is very big, like club sport. Mm -hmm. Like you go, you go, you play in high school, but then you do your club sport, Mm -hmm. which was like the thing that would get you a scholarship. Oh, okay. Like Orange County is like corporate lifestyle. Yeah. Like everything you're doing is to prepare you for <laughs> what you will do in six to eight years uh, from then. That sounds terrible. Yeah. It's like a corporate, corporate child activity. <laughs> <laughs> Very, I mean, certainly nothing wrong with it because I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people were able to get into great colleges because yeah. of, you know, all the crap that they did. But. Yeah, not my thing. But yeah, volleyball was really fun and really just something that everybody did down there. Were you really good at it? I was decent. Yeah. Just because I did it so much. Yeah. And I really wanted to like play. Gosh, it's so funny. I I haven't thought about this in so long. I really wanted to play college volleyball at Long Beach State, Mm -hmm. like Misty May Trainer. We would go like watch her play. Uh And she's just like so good that that was... It was like go to college to play a sport 
or go to college to like a great theater program. Yeah. Yeah. Not for not for my mind. <laughs> God forbid. Those are the two choices. Yeah, those are the two choices. How were you in like scholastically just in regular class? Like- I was mediocre. Well, no. I mean, I always had like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. But I did never I I never worked hard at it and my biggest insecurity I think as an adult is always I'm not smart enough. Like it's it's like I'm not educated enough, I'm mm. not smart enough. And so I think that it's 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 an interesting cross to bear for me as an adult that like scholastically I didn't really put in the time that I wish I would have. Yeah. But but don't you feel I mean I don't know. I, I guess there's just such a cross section of people, some of whom are like really where, you know, where they went to college with like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I've joked about this before, but like there are just certain schools where, I don't know, when I lived in San Francisco, there was this pocket of people who'd all been to Brown. And I <laughs> listened to them talk about Brown. <laughs> so much. Like I was like, I, I just don't feel that kind of, I mean, I went to two different schools and both of them mm-hmm. were like, to serve a purpose. Yeah. And I didn't feel like I feel sort of scattered even about my own kind of alumnus status because I sort of didn't belong to either school because I did half and half. Right. And so even friends of mine who graduated from one or graduated from the other that like keep in touch with each other and have that sort of core classmanship. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have it with either place. Yeah. But um but yeah, I remember feeling like I don't know why it was so specific with Brown, but like that is one of those universities where you go there and like it remains I'm not listen guys if some of you went to Brown and you don't give a shit that you went right. to Brown that's also fine <laughs> but most people that I know that went to a school like Brown it starts it becomes a part of your life and it stays a part of your life mm-hmm. and it's something that comes up in conversation still with people mm-hmm. I just remember thinking that like in my late 20s still living in San Francisco and like coming across someone and then being like oh yeah yeah we were at Brown together and it, it feels it, it was something that was so but and i kind of envy that but yeah, at the same like, time i also turned my nose up at it like i envied right. it but i think maybe i was intimidated by it because i remember yeah. also being like oh stop it with you went to where Brown. did you go to school i went to uh northern arizona university oh, for the first right. two years yeah. and then san francisco state for the yeah. last one i moved to san francisco yeah i went to u of a which is basically like oh god that's where i'm glorified from, oh yeah yeah, yeah you totally that. it's well that's yeah. such an orange county it's, thing it's everyone like, everyone from, from u of a county. goes to san diego yeah basically or somewhere in orange county or yeah. la yeah and then everyone one that goes to Tucson goes to U of A. Yeah. Yeah. How did you like living in Tucson? I loved Tucson. I loved like, I, I don't know. There was at first when I first moved there, I was like, great. Orange County to Tucson. Like what, what am I like? All the buildings were like made of clay. Like (laughs) I was just like, is this really my experience as a college student? But I, great music scene really cool and also i went i went i for a bfa musical theater program so i was so enmeshed in you know my i was on scholarship so it's like i didn't really have much time to explore but Mm -hmm. it's not really a place to do so anyway so really good art scene really and the desert there's something so romantic and so beautiful about the desert and i still have such a such a warm spot in my heart when I go to Arizona. It just feels like home. Like yeah. it just feels very spiritual to me. I love it so I'm much. I'm so glad that you feel that way about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I love being there 
very specific times mm-hmm. of year because I can't stand heat. Oh so my God, so I hot. cannot go back unless like I'm going, I'll be there this next weekend. And I, I, I'm hoping that it's cooled down enough that I won't just be miserable. Yeah. But in the winter, I love it it's so much. so gorgeous in the winter, like a summer night no- or a, like a winter night yeah. in Tucson. It's so crisp. Like up in the and foothills. Clear and the air is so oh, clean in the so foothills. Beautiful. Yeah. That's where I always like to stay now. Is up in the foothills because it just feels, yeah, there's something really special about it. And there was something really special for me about being a teenager, like being in the desert, like Uh without much to do, you sort of do like just drive around and then go park somewhere where it's dark and like listen to music and look at the stars because ain't nothing else going on. Yeah. No, I randomly was like looking through some of my old college things before coming to see you today. And I found this like really cute love poem from this guy that I dated in my theater department. And his name was Josh Lamoureux. And he's like married and has a beautiful family. And he's actually from Tucson. Like maybe you know each other. Maybe. Actually, maybe. Josh Lamoureux. He was a musician. And he like just wrote me this really great poem. And we had this like romantic evening where we drove out to the desert and there was nothing around us. And I remember I was... I don't know, 17 or or 18. And I remember just being with this boy and like looking up and thinking like, this is the most romantic thing that's ever happened to me. I've never been in an area that, that I could really feel alone and isolated. I bet you guys drove out to Gates Pass. Did you drive out to Gates Pass? I don't know. Out by the desert museum. Cause there's like a classic area where you can go. That's like you go, boy, we've just, I, I, we're so location specific, but yeah. Um, you go out west and you sort of get to a point where you're sort of past Tucson uh, because there's like a mountain, like a mountain uh-huh. is sort of like behind, there's like keeping you from seeing the city of Tucson so that it gets even more dark. And it's a great place to watch the sunset and it's out by old Tucson and by the Desert Museum. And it's just like a good, there's a lot of rocks that you can like clamber up on and like I lie there and look at the stars. I think it might have Tucson. Yeah. I mean that it sounds. That's a, cl- it that's sounds a right. you usually head west for like a romantic yeah. evening under the stars. But I had I just one New Year's Eve being there. Totally New Year's Eve there. Yeah, like me and a boy, like just went it's out. So to, romantic. Just the went desert. out and like played guitar on a picnic blanket totally. and like didn't know when the clock struck because it was dead silent. Yeah. It was just the desert. And this guy, Josh, he he like he like put his headlights on and like played music. And I remember just yeah. like dancing with him like oh my under God, the stars. It's so and just like being like a, a girl from Orange County where it's like you can't like the most romantic thing I ever did was like going to the parking lot of Del Taco and just be, you know, it's like you don't you didn't have places to yeah. go to just like be yeah. independent and just that that romantic notion of like being in a meditative space. I, I hadn't experienced it until yeah. I went to Tucson. God, that's so that makes a mm-hmm. lot of sense to me. Especially too, because you were talking earlier about your boyfriend and the fact that, like, I mean, talk about the polar opposite of that is like you spent all of this time at your own home mm-hmm. under your parents' roof mm-hmm. with totally. him. Like, it sounds very domestic. Yeah, yeah. Like early. How old were you when you got involved with him? My first boyfriend, mm-hmm. like the one that was oh, that's been the 16. night at your house. Like yeah. I think, like, yeah, fifteen or sixteen. What was it early. like before uh, him? Did you date? Did you have crushes? Did you, like I what made what made that different and serious? Well, I remember he was like in the theater department, and before I met him, I had like boys that I would have crushes on, and you know they were always like 
on the men's volleyball team or always like a guy who played baseball or like a friend of my older brothers. But then I met this guy who was like an artist. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like a singer and like wrote love notes and just I just was just like oh my god this guy like none of the other boys get it yeah but he really gets it so I I remember just being very taken by his kind of like artistic sensitive Mm -hmm. brooding um but yeah so he was like my high school sweetheart how long were you guys together I think we were together for like two and a half years or three years always amazes me whenever somebody talks about a relationship that had that sustained itself that long yeah. through the most tempestuous like people get can be so rightly so hormonally mm-hmm. like all over the place and you know fickle yeah. in a very natural way yeah very organic like a, yeah. way organically fickle yeah. that's like really the time to be it yeah and to sort of get through did you weather like storms with him like were there kind did you of. have sort of mature ups and downs well i remember i mean this is like well Okay, I'm just going to go there. I had like a little bit of a drug problem. <laughs> I was going to ask you because of the rage yeah. and just like the fact that it was Orange County. Yeah, I mean, Orange I've County. I've totally outed myself as like being a very irresponsible teenager. Yeah, so I was not the way. most responsible teenager. I mean, I, but but I really like, you know what, n- nothing against Orange County. I think it's just like your friends and your circumstances and if your family's really up in your business or not, but like Orange County does kind of lend itself to kids with a lot of money mm-hmm. buying drugs yeah. and being like a cute girl from Orange County. You're 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 welcomed in to like these circles, and they just like put drugs in your mouth, and like you have really intense experiences. Yeah. And I remember, God, this is so interesting. I remember. Like, always going to this house and just, like, getting so high and just being so just messed up. And, like, so cliche, like, listening to, like, listening to, like, the White Album. Just, like, so fucking high. You're speaking and, my language. And just being so removed from, I don't know, just the reality of my life as a teenager. And, but I remember specifically this one time. This is crazy. I like was it was like New Year's and I was I think I was like 15 and I was at this house party and I was inebriated Uh like just so drunk and I hadn't up until that point like I hadn't really done drugs or alcohol like I was kind of a goody goody and then I was so drunk and then a friend of mine like gave me LSD I was 15 and I was shit faced and so that was like the moment that I just like shifted into this like other group of friends, like other, do you know what I mean? Other reality. And I was just like, and I just saw Orange County for like what it was. And I was just like, oh, this place, I'm trapped here. And so I think that that kind of started the, when I started dating this guy and I started to get like all artistic and, and you know, for in, in one sense it's, it's really, I think it shaped me as an artist a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that it really brought, brought to light that I wanted to be creative for a living and that I wanted to, you know, have, have a different life than the one I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But, but it was, it was, I think a very typical suburban experience. Yeah. You know, and, and I, so was that was that? Did you do a lot of acid? 
No, I mean, like, I, I, God, I just smoked a lot of pot, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I think, and I, when we did like a lot, we like popped a lot of pills, <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. And I was never really destructive, and I never, you know, found myself in really unsafe situations. But it was just it checked out. Mm-hmm. We would just check out. Yeah. And so it was what was interesting. You would though, check out, but you would also check into something completely different. Totally, and that's what's so, exactly, yeah, that's what's interesting exactly. about it is that I think it depends on kind of the experience that you're chasing or what you talked about, which is like this kind of idea of being given permission. And I, I always mm-hmm. go back and forth on with on this podcast about, you know, with the younger listeners about not wanting to encourage drug use because right. it's really, uh, you're really taking a risk. Yeah. You're just taking a risk and I can't condone that risk. Right responsibly but at the same time for those of us who did go down that road and who have done it mm-hmm. and who can acknowledge that mm-hmm. like it shaped us in some way mm-hmm. in some cases better in some cases i don't know worse but like yeah i feel like i'm more like there are things about the way my brain works that probably have been altered by oh, too much totally. LSD, but totally um but that ultimately i mean if ultimately the goal is to be in a place in your life where you don't regret anything because you feel happy with the person uh-huh. that you are in the present that's fine but um yeah it's interesting that it's interesting that there's a checking out that happens in certain communities where if somebody has this sort of artistic bent that they maybe are just starting to discover that the impatience that you feel as a young person kind of getting to know yourself coming to understand that your environment isn't representative of who you are, mm-hmm. but having no choice but to remain there mm-hmm. for some period of time. Yeah, definitely. It's just like a breeding ground for like, okay, how can I make, I've got it, something has to change about this experience. And if all right. I, if my only option is seems to be the Del Taco parking lot, yeah. I guess I might as well be high exactly. in the Del Taco parking lot because maybe at least I'll enjoy yeah. this music I'm listening to in a, on a more profound level. Right, or totally. the cracks in the pavement will seem some how more meaningful exciting yeah yeah and i think too it's it's i and it's funny the whole thing about not having regrets i sometimes and not so much anymore but i remember you know years ago i would look back and just think like man i wish that i like studied really hard and i wish that i went to like an ivy league school you know and i wish that it that it would have been a little bit different but then i look at my life now and i'm so I'm so proud of all the accomplishments I've, I've, you know, been able to have and all the people that I know and the relationships I have. But, but yeah, it's interesting that that's why it's like when I do have a family and I, I just, I imagine that we will live in a place where there's a lot of stimulation Yeah. to, you know, not necessarily avoid drug use or what right. have you, but to have the experience be creative as opposed to what you put on to the experience. Well said. And, but, but I definitely, I, you know, very close to my family and I had, do you think that your parents know now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Did they know then? Um, I think they had like a little bit of an idea. I mean, they definitely weren't born yesterday, but I think that, did they do that stuff when they were younger, growing up in the Bay area? No, I don't think so. I think that they maybe as like young adults, but, I mean, they're like, my my dad was uh, a military family. His dad was in the military, so they moved like 15 times. Mm. But yeah, my mom was kind of like a goody-goody, I think, in high school. But 
Yeah, I don't really know. But I definitely know that they were aware of me and what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And was your brother, did he have a similar? No. Different. So, so conscientious and just very hardworking and like an athlete and Mm -hmm. junior fireman and like just very like just a lot of activities yeah. going on all the time. Did you have crushes on his friends? Because he's three years older. That's like Yeah, he had some cute friends. I remember I was always very nervous because I wanted them to think I was really cool because I was a little bit of a tomboy because, I mean, I had an older brother and I just, like, thought he was so cool. Yeah. And I remember my whole thing, my, like, way of flirting with his friends was to just, like, be really destructive <laughs> and, like, go and, like, kick them and just like I like I wanted to to like I don't know like be very aggressive to get them to like pay attention to me like to to think that I was one of them so I would sneak my way into like their circles and, yeah that's actually really yeah. easy to picture yo oh, yeah I can totally picture you being like I'm gonna bully you what do you yeah, do about exactly. it exactly pay attention to me yeah exactly yeah um, it's so funny yeah. just to go back to you saying that the things that we end up carrying around with us that we're self-conscious about like this idea of you feeling like, you know, you're not like the brightest person in the mm-hmm. room or that you, that you, you're not educated mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. which is so hilarious to me because nothing about you comes off as, but she clearly did not that have a great education or like, what is she? Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting. My, my wonderful, amazing fiance, John Ames. Hi, honey. <laughs> is went to Bard college. He's actually from Los Angeles. He's so smart. He like, went to law school he's just so smart so he kind of like represents that world Uh and sometimes i look at him i'm just like what did you say (laughs) (laughs) like like he's so just like not like he's so un like he doesn't wear that as a badge of honor in the way that i wear my lack of that as as a as a bad thing yeah you know, that's something I'm ashamed of. He's yeah. just like, it is what it is. And he see, doesn't see me as anything, you know, less than him. Yeah, But, but still for him to sort of funny. have a vernacular that's built in yeah. about just an education that he doesn't think yeah. one way or the other about and to just like yeah. spout something and for you to go, I don't even know. Like, yeah. I don't, that's not, was not part of my experience. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But it's interesting the things that we think about ourselves are sometimes yeah. just so off base the stories the that we experience. tell ourselves um, i was talking to a friend of mine who's really into who's who's been really pursuing um like a lot of buddhist principles and boy there's just no way to mm-hmm. <laughs> this has come up on the podcast before because i always talk about how much i say like and how many <laughs> many of us do because it's just i mean it just gets drilled into you when you're yeah. a teenager in on the west That's coast anyway oh yeah um and uh, and that there's no way to not for me to not say like, and he's like really into like Buddhist he's principles. Like a Buddhist. He's like really following up on that <laughs> and exploring it. Uh, but but this this idea, this very like, and I and and I mean uh, this is a name that I frankly I'm not I'm surprised I haven't uttered more on the podcast other than that I don't read him. But um, I think I brought him up once and was like, yeah, this is somebody that like I immediately dismissed because it was so of the moment that it just seemed like cheesy. But this kind of Eckhart Tolle, like the power of now is what we all sort of associate with him. But I Mm -hmm. think that he is part of this kind of ideology that is to do with, um, in terms of like what your experience with spirituality is, you know, for some people it can be, 
praying to God for some people it can be praying to the universe or just like surrendering this idea of control and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. or just celebrating, you know, for some people, spirituality is like celebrating the magic of science because that's mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been talking to my friend who's been doing a lot of kind of research and exploring this, this, this sort of Buddhist side of things. And one of the things that he's been talking about a lot lately is that is the idea of these, of true of like another form of spirituality just being about stopping all the stories that you tell Mm -hmm. about yourself Mm -hmm. the idea that you are stripping away Mm -hmm. all of the things that you say well yeah but i'm this or i'm this or other people think i'm this or and that you that you that you just kind of get rid of so much of that that you're like coming into contact with frankly, kind of the child in you that is just unmarked, totally Mm -hmm. unmarked. Yeah. And I think too, just in, in Buddhism specifically, just of like the, you know, meditation that I do sometimes like a mindful practice, it's like all of those stories and all of those things that just happen to us because we're people, it's not our fault, you know? So to have, I mean, your mind is a really scary place and everything that comes into your head throughout the day is not, is not really who you are. And it's just, it's something that happens. It's like stepping in mud Mm -hmm. and you, your humanity is not your fault. So if you have, spirituality in this kind of Buddhist way, I, for me personally, I find it to be so valuable to have those moments where you go, oh, that's a weird thing that popped into my head. Okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. And to not go on the, on the train of all of these weird stories that, we, that prevent us from really being in the moment. Yeah. And, and I think, too, not being able to sit with the you know, sometimes the anxiety and the pain that those thoughts cause, it's, I mean, it's, it's really cutting yourself off from what makes you so human and and acknowledging those things make you a good friend and a good partner and a good parent and a good, you know, and, but I, but I like, I like the idea that spirituality is not to avoid your humanity. I think it's to, it's to nurture and accept it Mm -hmm. and not, pretend like it's something to be managed it's just something that is is yeah yeah i mean is that something is that something too that just happens to people i guess not everybody but that does kind of get i talk a lot about the sort of gifts that you get as you get older um for people who are younger and feeling like god it's got to get better than this or for Mm -hmm. people who are like i'm dreading getting older because it feels like there's a letting go of like all this youthfulness and stuff Mm -hmm. um that I think we can all argue it doesn't need to be let go of, but that that you can get more like if that you have the opportunity the longer you live with yourself to really get comfortable with a mess mm-hmm. and to not and to understand that, that like getting comfortable with messiness is very different than creating messes for yourself to distract yourself from other messes. Like I think totally. that's very common too is like as a younger person I think I created like I would obsess over the wrong drama or create the wrong drama which is to say like I would obsess over somebody that someone didn't like me just like a girl Mm -hmm. who didn't like me and I would and I would really really worry about that and Mm -hmm. like not be able to sleep and like what did I do why does she not like me so much like how can I fix this and 
that was like a drama I was allowing to happen that was very messy yeah. instead of what can I put my energy and focus into right. that like really is a thing and really uh-huh. can be looked at and really has more to do with Who whatever's are. going on yeah. in here than this yeah. external like noise. Yeah, and I think we we create stuff like drama with people or drama with experiences in order to avoid just like the basic human things that are happening inside us. Like we create stuff and we go on these rides with this, you know, crap that's happening in our lives to avoid, oh, I feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have, I'm feeling anxious. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, instead of sitting and being like, wow, today's a lonely day. It's like there's some other problem mm-hmm. that's distracting us from the reality of our experience. So that's why I think meditation is so great because it's like you for five minutes a day. I mean, I try to meditate every day. God, I'm, <laughs> I try really hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm not great at that it's either. Not, it's it's tough. It's really yeah. hard to carve out time because you know. And sometimes if it's five minutes, if it's two minutes, if it's thirty seconds, like if you do anything to. But it's so nice because it's 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 time to sit with just your humanity. I know that sounds so cheesy and no, so silly, and I, people are probably I'm like, "Ugh, woods." But <laughs> but it's just it's it's time to not create the drama. Yeah. It's time to just sit. Yeah, I get. I mean, I yeah. completely get it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: What precipitate? Like, what prompted uh, the cleanse? Well, surface answer, (laughs) Emmys. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of press to do Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of things to do. So I, I needed to, to put down the hamburger because I, I'm someone who can eat a hamburger every day if left to my own, you know? Yeah. Same. I'm really good if I have like, if I can be goal oriented and say, all right, I'm going to do my thing. But then at a certain point, then I got to get, I got to be a grown up about this particular part of my life Mm -hmm. because it's part of my career. Yeah. And like, that's because I did the same thing. I think I, and I knew I was going to the Emmys. I knew I didn't, I mean, I'm not on a show and I didn't have to do the press, but I was like, you know what? I just want to be at the Emmys feeling great. And if feeling great means that like for three weeks before that, I'm more strict about my diet and exercise. your health. Not in a yeah. in a in a brutal way and not in yeah. a punishment way, but in like a drink but a lot of water. Like, every yeah, day like I'm looking forward yeah. to feeling good in my skin and in my mm-hmm. body in this context. Mm-hmm. It's just a slippery slope. Yeah. That's all. We just have to be careful to not have it be like, or I'm gonna hate myself because right. my dress feels tight or whatever. Right, that and if you like is. decide one day you're like, you know what, I need a cookie. Yeah, and when you do that, and you like, you know, go into like a tailspin because you ate a cookie, yeah. like that's not good. That's not good at all. But, uh, yeah. I did not get to see you, um, but I mean, I will. We don't talk about career, uh, mm-hmm. but I will touch briefly on the fact that I'm super excited uh, that you were on the new Stephen Merchant oh, uh, vehicle you. on HBO. Very excited, so vehicle. proud. And I remember, like forever ago, when you, you know, shot the pilot, and it's so fun to yeah, that was a long see time everything ago. come to fruition. It felt like forever ago because HBO mm-hmm. can also like really take its time with production. Oh, and stuff. they really do, and it's it's interesting too. It's you have a lot of time off. I mean, HBO yeah. season is pretty short. Yeah. So it's it, it provides your life with a lot of space creatively, yeah. but it's also that's scary oh, to for be sure. like, okay, I'm, you're you're limited in what you can do. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about that with, with Kathleen Rose Perkins. Cause she's on mm-hmm. episodes and same mm-hmm. thing. It's like she disappear and go to England for a couple yeah. months and shoot the show and then come back and sort of go, okay, I know like technically I'm on a show. It's very well regarded. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, yeah, now I know. <laughs> yeah. And that's such a great lesson too. It's like, you know, your life is, is it's so filled with wonderful stuff in terms of greatness, but in terms of time, you have a lot of free time and all this space and to not go into that place of like, well, I, I must fill it. Yeah. If there's space, I must fill the space. Yeah. And being able to be like, well, maybe I don't need to fill the space. Like, isn't it enough yeah. that like I work for three months out of the year? Like, is that not enough? But yeah. I think that for a lot of us, it's just not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It. Yeah, I don't know. I it, like work work ethic is so interesting like where it comes from and how much of it is nature versus nurture mm-hmm. and how much is it like attached to whatever guilt that those of us who have, you know, not just in Hollywood but like anybody out mm-hmm. there in the world who has a job that's a little bit different than a 9 to 5 in an office mm-hmm. is like how peaceful are you about it and how peaceful are you about it with regard to your own core feelings about it versus what you assume other people think about it right you know i i that's a that's a lot to sift through for Mm -hmm. me because i feel like part of it is that i really do have an itch to create and to Mm -hmm. be participative in something more Mm -hmm. than you know because i thought that too when i was on dinner and a movie it was like oh i just work six weeks out of the year I mean, I basically work six weeks out of the year. Yeah. And if I wanted to, I could move back up to San Francisco, afford living in a house by myself. Like, no, I mean, please, I wasn't like rolling in money, but I mean, right. I could have lived in an apartment, like a nice apartment mm-hmm. in San Francisco, just done that job, not auditioned for anything else, and just, I don't know what, like, yeah. I don't know what that unstructured time would look like. What what person could I have been or turned into? Would I volunteer a bunch of time? Uh-huh. Would I just sit around? Would I get really fat and then get really skinny before I had to go do that? Like, would I become a chef? Like, what would that have looked like? Yeah. But ultimately, you know, n- none of that was enough. I still wanted to audition. I wanted to do yeah. other stuff. I wanted to... Yeah. And, 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 and that's also the creativity versus productivity thing that I think that we mm, all struggle with in this town. It's like... To be very creative is sometimes not necessarily to be productive. And I think that that's, you know, when you're developing things or you're writing, it's like, and also specifically as an actor, like so much of your preparation is not productive. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting there and you're creating things and you're being very creative, but you're not making anything. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that there's, it's just, it can get confusing it can, and it can get, um, at the end of the day, you look down and you're like, but I didn't do anything. And I, and, and I am having, even right now, my own relationship to the listener thinking like, you know, for, for those people who listen to this podcast and are putting in so much hours a week, <laughs> working someplace hard, yeah. I do feel self-conscious about, you know, yeah, it's saying like, like I mean, yeah, one day I just went out and puttered around in my yard oh, and replanted yeah. some plants. And, yeah, definitely. You know, but I think that people who work their butts off and like my parents were just so hardworking, like so, like so just middle-class worked their butts off and just the idea that, and I remember my mom being like, "When you're going to be an artist and you're going to have space in your life. Mm. And 
I think that people who work really hard, we almost owe it to them to have space in our lives and do the best possible work we can do in our field so then they can like watch us on TV and feel happy. You know, yeah. I mean, I know that's like a very, very kind also, of reduced. I will say this, know. but like often now I'm just trying to like back it up with something, but often like, you know, you see somebody who's on, you know, people talk about like, how could you not be happy working on a show? Like, I'm just any any example like a CSI show or like mm-hmm, a Bones. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of spe- specifically of like these one hour yeah dramas. like the episodics yeah thing. yeah where you're like you know you're making all this money and all this mm-hmm. stuff but like for sure and you have all this time off but for sure you can be working 18 to 20 hours a day mm-hmm. for that entire time basically and mm-hmm. it and then when you're not doing that you have to do press and when you're not doing that you have to do, and people really do. That's why people like lose their families because oh, yeah. they just don't. There, there is only so much that you can give. Working and over, so sometimes you get way more. You get time off yeah. because the time that you're putting in when you are working is like kind of brutal. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Working fif- over fifteen hours a day in any job yeah. is is so incredibly difficult. And yeah. th- there's a lot of people who do that. They're called like firemen. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But there's also actors yeah. that have to do that too, and it can be very. Very stressful. But I think that the bottom line is no matter what you do, it's really how you choose to, you know, I don't know how you choose to manage your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know, I just think that people can be in the best scenario and just be miserable. And people can be in a miserable scenario and be so truly fulfilled and so truly happy. And I think it just comes back to how you manage your thoughts and how you manage your stress. Totally. You know? And I think that there is, but there is an interest, there is like the artist guilt of like, gosh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's really fun. It's a great life. I'm so blessed. It's so wonderful. It's so perfect. But at the end of the day, it's challenging. Like it's, it's, it has a whole set of challenges that you know, are very different from someone with like a nine to five job. I mean, it's interesting because John, who's a lawyer, it's like he's got this job where he works in an office and he works so hard and I have such a different, different experience in my day to day that it's, 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 I don't know. It's just, there's, there's such value in both. Mm -hmm. Such value in both. Completely agree. All right. I got to get into it. Well, first of all, I'm going to quickly do, I I think I skipped the cootie catch for the last couple of times. So I'm going to do one question from here and then I'm going to do, uh, that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Okay. So listen, I want you to feel very free to describe this color as something other than blue, red, green, and yellow, if orange or whatever, if if you think that it looks like a certain cut, like tint of that, you can call it whatever you want Mm because I'm just going to spell it and probably do a bad job spelling, um, to get it started. Third day period. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. T H I R D D A Y P E R I O D. Pick a uh, number. Um, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One more number. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Last number. Five. Okay. Five. The question under number five is. Who did you look up to creatively, famous or not, when you were a teenager? Oh, or you could do one of each, like a person in your immediate life, person who was like a famous person. Okay, teenager person, famous person, definitely, 
Definitely Paul McCartney. I was a huge Beatles freak when I was in high school. Get stoned and listen to the White Album. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. Like in the Del Taco parking lot. That's what we did. (laughs) Um, Just as as the Beatles intended when they wrote the White Album. Exactly. Oh gosh. Um, But definitely Paul McCartney. I just had such, and and I loved like Wings. Like I just loved him so much. Have you seen him? I had never seen him. I just saw him at Outside Lands. He still got it. Oh, that, well, I'm sure he's that comes as no so surprise. Dreamy. Yeah, I just remember I would listen to it. "Live and Let Die" like over That's and amazing. over and over, and it's just amazing. like punch the air yeah. and just get so pumped on life. And isn't he know. the one that is responsible for? I mean, first of all, some of the best lyrics. Like, I mean, of course. I do love Paul most. I yeah. mean, I, look, I know that that's that is a real divider. He's I know the heart. Most, I know he most people love Ringo most, but yeah, we love Paul most. Well, it's like they're all body parts. Like I've thought about this a lot. It's like Paul's the heart. Okay, John's the head. Okay, so who's George? George is like the like sex, like the visceral part, and Ringo is just like the the extremities. I have never heard that said, and I fucking love it to death. Yeah. No, I did a lot of thinking about the Beatles. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Those, Paul's the lyrics, best. man. Even just like, let's just cut to the chase and say, and in the end, love you <sighs> takes equal love you make. Love you make. Like, it's, it's, there's it's amazing. No, how can you like... How can you hate, how can you have a bad day knowing that you're responsible for those ears? I get Seriously. it. I, everyone has those days. Right. But still. Yeah. Ultimately, you've put that out yeah. into the world. So and I'm sure that. that Sir Paul McCartney manages his thoughts yeah. really well. Yeah. I'm just assuming. Oh, I still know. got it. Oh, I'd love to see him. In yeah, concert. we got to make that happen. I would love to see him. Um, in let me, you know what? I'm going to segue this right into Mash and go ahead and say. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to come up with uh, so okay so you can spend the day with someone that you looked up to when you were a teenager and the first person I'm assuming would be Paul. That, Paul. So who are two other people that you would still like to spend the day with but ultimately maybe also somebody that you liked when you were younger if possible. Um I had a really it's, it's always musicians. Freddie Mercury. I like awesome. loved Queen so much. And I'm so excited for like the feature they're making. Uh, now, I stayed in a place in um, Switzerland on cool. Lake Geneva Amazing. Montreux. There is a statue of Freddie Mercury there. It's God. like Freddie Mercury tribute town. <sighs> Because I think he lived there and wrote there, and Queen, I think, even recorded there or something. That is so cool. So we got to get you there because it's pretty crazy to be in like possibly the most beautiful place in the world, and then and also, also have, have that like Freddie Mercury related. Ugh, that is Freddie Mercury so is a great cool. answer. Uh, number three, um, Gene Kelly. Love it. Obsessed. Classy. These are great. So obsessed with Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly is probably like equal to Paul McCartney, but this Gene Kelly great. was like childhood. Yeah. Like and teenage years. Yeah. Paul was specifically. Teen. Okay. Okay. I love this. I love this. What about, um, did you read a lot? I mean, do you still like, do you have favorite authors and favorite books and stuff? I didn't read when I was younger. I watched mm-hmm. a lot of old movies, okay. but I didn't really read. Give me three movies that you um, can magically be transported into. <sighs> Meet Me in St. Louis. I've Singing in the Rain. It. I've never seen Meet Me in St. Louis. It's really good, but it's not. Who's okay. in it? Judy Garland. Okay. It's not like everybody's favorite musical mm-hmm. movie musical but it's the it's the one that she sings have yourself a merry little christmas oh, in i mean it is God, so, i didn't know that was in a musical ugh, was wrong it's with me. so powerful and but that but that was a very see that. deep connection to my grandfather all of those movies like yeah. he was the one who showed me like and their movies where people sing yeah. and i was like what 
Okay, what's Blew the third? Um, the third one probably s- support your local sheriff. I don't even. It's such a great. Movie. I don't even know what that is. And also, God, get on this. Um, Cat Baloo, which is this great western with Jane Fonda. I've never seen that. She was like super what's young wrong with me. I got to write down Cat Baloo too. Ugh, These are all things one. I need to see. Like that, B A L L O U. Actually, I don't know how to spell it. Maybe I've just made that up. Yeah, it's Jane Fonda. She's adorable. I'm holding on to this uh, answer because I still enjoy it, even though someone complained about it last week. Um, But guys, you know I got to ask a Disneyland question because of the OC connection. She was there every day. Three Disneyland rides that that somehow you wish could turn into something real in some way, whatever that means for you. Um, Definitely Pirates of the Caribbean. Love it. Parts of the Caribbean has such a specific smell. Oh my God, it's the best smell. And I remember I was... I, I, I would say that smell and uh, Splash Mountain smell, which is like yeah, wet cedar. it's like mildew. <laughs> <laughs> we love mold. It's like poison, basically. But, but I'm, yeah, listen, penicillin is also penicillin, a mold. Right, that's true, that's true. It helps, it helps sometimes. But I just, there was like this ex-boyfriend that I had had these towels and I would oh smell God, them and I they would it. instantly transport me I back get it. to Pirates of the Caribbean. I get it. So it was I so gross, but it was so good. And I also feel like it took me, I mean, this probably isn't true for you because you went there so much more frequently, but I was going definitely every year from the, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when I realized that the ceiling was a ceiling and not just like oh. outside. Oh, yeah. And that but restaurant? That was, yeah, that was real for a really oh, yeah. long time for me. I didn't understand how quite it worked because you did have mm-hmm. a sense that you weren't outside. But you felt like the breeze of outside. Yeah. So it just didn't, it was yeah. like neither here nor there. It was like you didn't have to have a scientific reason. You just understood. I understood that yeah. I wasn't outside at Disneyland. Right. But I also did not think in any way that I was just like in a room. Yeah, you were in like some weird dimension. Yes, it's And you were like, dimension. this is happening. I, I support this being reality. And God, then it was. exactly yeah. that. Okay, Pirates yeah. is a great answer. Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, it's like, I'm pretty torn. I mean, like, I love Haunted Mansion, but I don't think I would want that to be real. Yeah. Um, probably the Matterhorn. Great. That's a really good one. Great. Christine just pointed. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever shouted this out, but I have a very cool kind of 60s era Matterhorn, giant Matterhorn poster. It is so awesome. Uh, from Fantasyland. In it's my, amazing. Uh, above my desk. Um, Last wow, one. Prob- probably the Peter Pan ride. Oh, I always you. catch that one. And thank I love you. it so much. Thank you, because I forced that answer on someone else, but they heartily agreed, because I'm obsessed with I mean, going on that London. little, like, that ship. And flying over London. It's amazing. Like Big Ben down there. And yeah. Like, oh, I loved the that one. These are great. See, it is a great question. It's a wonderful question. It's but just it, for people who aren't yeah. Disneyland fans. They don't get I, it. I, I totally understand. Yeah, they don't get it. I it's definitely okay. get it, though. What about um, three... Uh, I'm going with three... Let's do three fantasy pets. Three fantasy mm. pets. That, pets that you could never have in real life. They could be fic- like fictional or they can be like real animals that you just could never have or a combination thereof. Dragon. Love it. <laughs> Love that that was ready to go. Um, definitely a dragon. Um, but I think like a mini dragon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. Um, dolphin. Great. 
Oh, that reminds me that I had a dream about dolphin last night. Wow, we really are hippy-dippy. I brought it in. Brought it in. Interesting. Um, dolphins are actually... What do they symbolize in a dream? Creativity <gasps> and, and, like, playfulness. I mean, like, that's, like, pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. But what, like, what you would assume. But, like, if you dream. ever dream of those interesting pink dolphins from the Amazon, mm-hmm. it's, like, very, in terms of, like, shamanic uh-huh, stuff, uh-huh. it's very... It symbolizes creativity and like forward. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like stories. I, I, so interesting you bring that up because I fully would never have remembered that I dreamt mm-hmm. about dolphins last night and you just said that. Mm-hmm. Out, I was out, it was outside at night. Can't really remember where I was with some friends. What, night, nighttime dolphins. So mm-hmm. nighttime bouncing, splashing dolphins. Like a bunch of dolphins. Or maybe yeah. like a couple. Yeah, a couple. That's awesome. What yeah, I feel that like means? that's good. That's playful creativity. Right. Interesting that it was night though, huh? That is interesting. Because I could just see them like shining in the light, like, you know, as they would jump mm-hmm. out of the waves, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was just watching them. Maybe it's like hidden, like a hidden creativity. Because like the night. I love it. All okay. right. I could keep going. I got my eyes peeled. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, third, third animal. Third. Honestly, as a kid, I, I, I have a beautiful golden retriever now that is just so mm. spectacular and I love yeah. her so much, Tiger Lily. And I would probably say... A dog because mm-hmm. I didn't have pets growing up and right? I always really wanted a dog and yeah. I always would give like a yearly presentation to my family oh, and I would be like this the is pitch these meeting. Are the reasons the pitch meeting and my dad oh. we would always vote and we would go around in a circle and my dad would always write veto on the piece of paper but he would listen this. to the whole presentation yeah and I would think that I got him but then he would veto he really wrote it down did you yeah. guys all write something down yeah. like he vetoed. And he voted, and he mm-hmm. always had the veto power. Mm-hmm. Are your parents still together? Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. How about three places in the world that you have not yet been, but that you want to go? Oh, I definitely want to go to Peru. Ooh. I definitely... What draws you to Peru? Just like the ruins. Like mm-hmm. I want to see... Like ancient ruins in Peru. The ancient ruins in Peru, to me, I I associate as very female. I don't know if that's for a reason, but for some reason it feels very hmm, female to me. That's interesting. Opposed to like if you said you wanted to go to Greek or Greece, I would not, uh, or Turkey. Yeah. When I think about those ruins, they seem very masculine to me. For some reason, Peruvian ruins in my head based on, by the way, nothing. That, no. It's definitely female and very like... Like womb-ish. gush and womish. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to know more about Peru. Well, it's in such an such a spiritual place, and like I kind of dabble in you know shamanic kind of therapies and stuff like that. And Peru is always just feels like a safe, magical place that I would want to like just it. participate in somehow. Kind of a great name too. It'd be cool if like you named your kid Peru. Peru. Yeah, I like it. All right. Yeah. All right. What about what? What else? Um, I've never been to Spain. Me neither. And I'd love to go and like live there. Well, I should probably visit first. See if I like This is it. the visiting one. <laughs> this is the visiting I'm writing down visit to remind um, myself. And well, just based on what you've described, just your journeys there in New Zealand. I did. Just, I was of just selling. No, I, I, our pitch meeting was me and New Zealand for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would love it. I yeah. really do. I I'll, I'll report it very, back like, on the South Island. Like very green, yes. It's very and green. Very... There's lots of. Um, well, it's a really disparate uh, for such a small island. I mean, I've only been to the North Island. I'm going mm-hmm. to South Island soon, but the North Island. It, there's a lot of different stuff to see, including desert, mountain ranges. But but in general, yes, a lot of green and a lot of sheep. Um, I love sheep. 
I started calling them. I have not, I don't think I brought this up on the podcast before, but I, we were seeing so many of them and you see them from great distances, like little white dots on these green hillsides that I started calling them hill maggots. Now listen, <laughs> listen, they hill just maggots like are so cute. white maggots from a, from a, from a distance. But I mean that in a loving way. That's I loved so hill great. maggots. Uh, yeah, there, it's Aww. it's a it's a it's a it's a really great country. I'm super excited to go back. Okay, um, let's say uh, three three styles of like a home that you'll have. That's like a vac. You know, it's like your second home somewhere. We'll figure out where that is because it's not one of these places mm-hmm. that you've never been before. Okay, but um, what style of home? Like okay, I've underwater cave. Oh my god, this is great. I would always have this. I have the recurring dream Ooh, of an underwater cave that, that I like very, live in. Very female to me, also. Yeah, to- totally. I mean, totally. please, I'm not. Well, what yeah. am I, genius? <laughs> Come on, Janet. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Mine is that I live in a giant tower, a giant brown tower. Okay, that's not phallic at all, Janet. Okay, underwater cave. So, what's the cave like? Well, it's moist. It probably smells like Pirates of the Caribbean. It, totally. Great. It's like a little plug-in. Yeah. A pirate plug-in. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's like it's weird because it's not totally underwater, but it like when it's high tide, mm-hmm. it's underwater. But there was a, tide, a, a cave like that in one of the James Bond movies, of memory serves, that like at a certain type of the tide, you swim through like this like channel and like it comes up into this cave that's like a mid-century house, to, kind of. It would be great. That's because probably it, it's kind of like that. Like it's kind yeah. of like a mid-century house. Like it's like a spy cave. I, think. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I love it. And also like a, like a like a castle-y mm-hmm. Ireland hillside stone, love it. like a house of stone. Love it. Very old. And then... I mean, there's no way that's not haunted, as long as you're on board for that. Oh, yeah, I'm on board with that. Nice ghosts. Like all kind, helping spirits. Singing. Maybe some singing, singing sulky yes. kind of ghosts. Love it. Um, and let's see. I think something just... I love a good, like, ride on the water cottage, like great. beach cottage. Great. This is great. Okay, so let's put... This is going to be interesting because if you're going to place these things, it might end up being if you pick something like... Example, if you picked the Tucson Desert and you ended up with a castle, an Irish castle in the desert, that's going to be weird. So we're just going to see how this plays out. But give me three locations you have indeed been and would love to have this second home. Mm. Tucson, Foothills. Love it. I'm it's, excited to I see how this, how this shakes out because none of these things we've <laughs> described can really exist there. Uh, Big Sur, without Great. a doubt. Underwater cave can definitely be. All three, all all three, three can, can happen in Big Sur. Tucson Foothills is going to be a challenge. Um, Although I like the idea of like a weird deserty like the snow, like the snow melt running off and creating the underwater cave scenario somehow. Oh, I could see that. Okay, see Tucson, that. Big Sur. Been, I really honestly I'm not well traveled and that's something I plan to you remedy this year yeah. <laughs> and maybe next year um, nope, just this year just this year I get it all a in a couple more months yeah. to really make it happen <laughs> um, I mean I'm kind of limited just because I have well you know what it doesn't matter if you haven't been there then because if you want to go Ireland because you have that image of the Irish castle we can see if mm-hmm. that pans out someplace tropical oh okay because I love being hot at night. Mm-hmm. Cut opposite. Yeah. 
So, but you know what? I remember I was in like upstate New York at a farmhouse with a friend and it was nighttime and it was raining and I was warm mm, and I was, was like nice. in warm rain yeah. and I was thinking like, I totally dig this climate. Yeah. Like, I could live in this climate. Yeah. So do that upstate. Wait, upstate warm rainy upstate. You're warm. Ra- yeah. These all can work with that too. So Tucson's the real wild mm-hmm. card in this one. Okay. And then, um, I know how in love you are right now, so I'm just not going to force this on you. I'm not going to force you to like give me crushes of other people. But I can do that. Okay, great. (laughs) Sometimes you can't. Like I remember I did it. I think there was somebody that I that I tried that on, and they were like, "But I'm so in love right now. I just can't even imagine." I was like, "All right." Hmm. Pretty much everybody else has been. I mean, I am so in love. I know you're so in love. But this is this is this is the mash game of it could be somebody. Yeah, and it can be someone that you. um, It can be three answers of like guys that you had crushes on, celebrity guys you had crushes on, and. Um, high school or can be like completely fictitious people like a character from a book or okay. a Gene Kelly character or something okay. like that um, three three crushes okay three crushes um, I definitely have always had like a weird James Franco thing I mean I it's just totally he's understandable so dreamy please and so just like to like many he people he's the perfect man problem do you know what i mean yeah and but I he's also like so that. bright and so like curious yeah. and, and interested in the world he wants and i appreciate that yeah. i appreciate that sense of sorry if you don't like it super and i crush wish worthy. i had more of that super crush worthy especially yeah. for those mm-hmm. qualities okay um, james franco i've always had a weird crush on chloe sevigny and I think she's going to be one of mine too. I mean, she's just Great. so interesting yeah. and cool. And like, I feel like I could make it work with her. Like okay. I could date Chloe. You entertain that She's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she okay. just has amazing style. Okay. Great so answer. She does. That's certainly true. Um, Let's see here. I mean, it's really hard to sift through because. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you and I are both very enthusiastic about people, people. Yeah. So then you can sort of find something kind of amazing and engaging about almost everyone. Yeah, no, I really can. Um, what is that guy from? <laughs> oh, let me get in on this. I love a good guessing game. Um, oh, my God. It's right on the tip of my tongue. That huge man from Game of Thrones. Oh my God, Jason, Jason Momoa! Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I just I know him. You because, do because he did uh, the same Armageddon convention that I did in Dream. New Zealand. I was traveling in New Zealand with. Is that he man. from New Zealand? I don't think so. He He's looks straight like up a American. Maori. Like he looks. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, no. Oh my God. But I also my I only association so with stories. him is him as yeah. like I think he was on Stargate a too. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> on Stargate. Also, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> First of all, I love I love it. <laughs> I spent n- almost no time with him because he was so out there having adventures, like all, whatever I was doing and traveling doing, he was like, he flew to the South Island and he da da da. And then he spent the day and while he was there, I think his grandmother passed away and he had like an amazing Aww. ceremony with the oh, Maori. Oh, no, no, no. of course he he's did. Like every, he's, whatever you have in your head about what he might be, he is that he person. Is that? See, that's good. So I'm glad that uh, I It's remembered. ridiculous. Okay, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the first night in, in New Zealand, 
uh, we had this party of like, you know, the sort of the meet and greet party. Mm-hmm. And Lance Henriksen was also there and he walked into the room and Jason Momoa ran across the room. I guess they worked together before. God, I hope so. And like swooped and like picked up Lance Henriksen and like spun him around. and was like, buddy, a man that scoops up another it man in his arms and uh, swings him around adorable. like, yes, please. Yeah, it was great. So um, I'm so excited about uh, the fact that I have any connection at all to that. All right. So um, now I'm going to do the little spiral that determines how many rings you tell me when to stop stop okay one two three four five uh, i'm gonna pause this do some tallying and i will come back with your 100 guaranteed future oh my god yeah uh all right so we've had some really cool developments i i gotta get this out of the way right away because i'm i just I can't really make it make sense. So the thing is, is you know, the mash top, the top part is ma- mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Mm-hmm. Then I did the sort of like style of house somewhere, but then I also did the location. We knew that this was a little bit of a challenge. So here's where I'm going with this. I'm going to go with an, an extraordinary departure from mash rules. I'm changing it so that you now have two homes in addition so to where you are now. So I have my home and a vacation home. You have your home here, you have a vacation home, and you have your third home. Oh, so wow. Because you, you, we landed on the Tucson foothills. Oh, okay. So that was kind of the one. That but then I realized also through. that you have a shack somewhere. So your shack is in the Tucson foothills. So you have this like kind of weird folksy shack in the Tucson foothills. Okay, it's like a meditation yes, portal. Exactly. It's <laughs> okay. a meditation portal. Perfect. In the st- under the stars. You don't need more than that in Tucson anyway. Yeah. But you do also have an Irish castle in Ireland because you did say Irish castle. Nice. So you do have those things. I feel also that Irish that the Irish castle somehow also ties into the fact that you uh have made Pirates of the Caribbean a real thing. So it feels like, I understand that we're talking about the Caribbean when we talk about pirates, but let's just take that and pick that up and put it somewhere near. It feels like those things make sense to me. Like this sort of dark stormy castle that like there's pirate ships and like the under, yeah, you can almost even say that there's like an underwater cave somewhere to do with like getting, you know, the pirates like hide their booty, like in this cave, that's sort of off of the Irish castle. So it feels like it satisfies a lot of different things. Also makes sense to me that you have a mini dragon. Well, of course at I said do. Castle. I have a castle. Uh, and also, you know, at the shack, you might need the dragon to start a fire for you. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's multi-purpose. Multi-purpose. Um, I'm excited for you to spend your day with the wonderful Freddie Mercury. Aww. Very cool. I'm Very so glad. Cool. Um, I'm also excited for you because, although you did not, as you know, get Gene Kelly in the spend a day with, doesn't matter because you can spend however much time with him whenever you want because you can go inside the movie singing in the rain yes! whenever you want. So double win on that. Oh my god! Double win. You still got him. You still got him. This is the best life. And then I just want to also tell you that I feel certain you're going to have an amazing trip to New Zealand with James Franco. Oh yeah. man! I mean, you hit the jackpot. That is you such really the hit the mash jackpot. I might temporarily poison James Franco and take John Ames. Mm-hmm. Not going Understood. Because I just feel like John Ames would be more fun on like a vacation. Take like John I feel like James Franco would be like, I need to take a break so I can like 
ride right. this motorcycle yeah. into the middle or of like, the ocean. Like, I feel like he would ditch me. So I'm going to take okay. my actual fiance. I think that's fair. You know what? Maybe James is just uh, holding down one of these other forts for yeah. the time being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'll put a pin in Chilling James. in a castle, writing yeah. a movie or something. Totally. Um, congratulations on this. Congratulations. I love my life. On the show, Thank um, you. I adore you. I'm so glad that you came over. Oh, I just Jana, had the best you're the time. Best. You're so good at oh my life. Oh, listen, that is not true, but I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. Uh, and uh, guys, feel free to weigh in on the various uh, social media outlets. Um, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye everyone. Bye guys. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.